Hello, and a warm welcome to my Asthma Spotlight podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Levy. I'm a family doctor with a special interest in asthma. My aim is to help people with asthma and also their caregivers to understand more about this disease and how to stay safe. I will share lots of information about asthma. However, I will not be able to answer any personal medical questions for which you should really consult your own doctor. The opinions I express in the Asthma Spotlight podcast are my own and they are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical, health or professional advice of any kind. Please do see the disclaimer details in the podcast description. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the second episode on why people still die from asthma. The reason why I'm focusing on asthma deaths is that in most asthma deaths, there are preventable factors. In this podcast, I'm talking about asthma deaths based on my own experience of investigating these tragic events in the United Kingdom, where high numbers of people still die from asthma every year. I was the clinical lead in the National Review of Asthma Deaths, known as the NRAD, and the NRAD was a detailed review of asthma deaths that happened in the United Kingdom in 2012. Most of the deaths we investigated were thought to be preventable. Now, since the NRAD, I've been expert witness in inquests being run by coroners. So I'm discussing the reasons behind many of the asthma deaths in the United Kingdom in the hope that by sharing this information and this experience, that you will learn how to keep yourself safe. And also, for those healthcare professionals who listen to my podcast, both in the UK and in other countries, to encourage them to keep their patients safe. Now, my experience is in the United Kingdom, and asthma deaths may or may not be a problem <clears throat> in other countries. But hopefully, by sharing my ideas and experience, um, I will help you to keep patients safe and perhaps to save some lives. 
In the first episode in this series, that was episode 18, I spoke about three preventable factors in asthma deaths. These were the role of asthma reviews, asthma control, and delays in asthma diagnosis. If you missed that episode, please do have a listen to it and share it with people with asthma and also with other healthcare professionals. So today, I'm going to continue to share my thoughts on three more potentially preventable causes of asthma deaths. First, I'll talk about how asthma severity is underestimated by both by people with asthma and healthcare professionals. And then I'll talk about the quality of asthma care. And thirdly, I'll talk about the overuse of reliever inhalers and the underuse of inhaled corticosteroid preventer inhalers. All of these factors um, con- contribute in one way or another to preventable asthma deaths. The parent of one of my patients once came to see me after her daughter had been discharged from hospital. This was following treatment for an asthma attack. This woman was upset because she overheard the first doctor who saw her child say to a colleague that her child only has asthma. Only has asthma. And this is sadly something that many people still think about asthma, that it's only a mild condition. Fortunately, the senior doctor ensured that her daughter was admitted for treatment of the attack, which turned out to be quite serious. And those words, it's only asthma, that are said sometimes both by health professionals and sometimes people with asthma, is one of the reasons why I'm still teaching about asthma. With all the knowledge that we now have about asthma, in particular, we know that this disease can and does kill people. I get very sad when health professionals don't take the disease seriously. We need to breathe to stay alive after all. And asthma is a disease of the lungs, which are responsible for us breathing in air and oxygen. And therefore, if asthma flares up, there's a risk that the lungs may not work properly and that you may not get enough oxygen into your body. And in my view, this disease should be taken much more seriously than it is, both by healthcare professionals and also by health service managers. So for healthcare professionals, a key message is that asthma should always be taken seriously. And that applies in all people with asthma, not just those who have severe asthma, but also those who have so-called mild asthma. In my view, everyone treating people with asthma should make sure that they are competent in managing this disease. And for those of you that do have asthma, remember that this disease can flare up at any time, and these flare-ups which can come without any warning, can lead to dangerous, sometimes life-threatening attacks. So if your doctor has prescribed a preventer inhaler for you, this advice should be followed. And if you haven't been prescribed a preventer inhaler, it would be worth having a discussion with your doctor about your um, need for one of these inhalers. So now let's come on to the second topic for today 
and that's about the quality of asthma care. In the United Kingdom National Review of Asthma Deaths, which was called the NRAD, there were panels of doctors, nurses and pharmacists who assessed the care of those who died. Now these panels had access to the full medical records of those people. So they reported on the quality of routine care, the quality of management of attacks and the quality of care provided in final fatal attacks of those who died. And these panels in the NRAD found that the overall quality of care was satisfactory in less than one in six. That's only 16% of those who died. And in children and young people, the care was found to be satisfactory in only one of the 28 children who we had access to the records for who died from asthma. For example, there were no details of whether or how asthma was diagnosed in the medical records of two-thirds of those who died from asthma. In addition, there was no record of an asthma checkup in up to six out of ten of those people who died from asthma. Asthma control was only recorded in the records in 20% of those who died in the year before they died, and 70% of those who died had no record of being provided with an asthma self-management plan. And this self-management plan would have helped people to know how to recognise danger signs and what to do when their asthma flared up. 70% of these people had not been provided with an asthma self-management plan. In addition, two-thirds of those who died were not being cared for by an asthma specialist. In addition, the NRAD concluded that the clinical care and organisation of care was below a standard that they would have expected for the care of their own families in three out of four of those people who died from asthma. That 75% of those people who died from asthma were not provided with a level of care that the assessors, the panels, felt they would have found acceptable for their own families. So there were lots of lessons to be learned, mainly for health service providers, managers of health care, from this very detailed review of asthma deaths in the United Kingdom. And one of the key messages for doctors and those delegated by doctors to provide asthma care or to do checkups was a failure to provide care in keeping with the national guidelines for asthma at the time. In my view, as I've said a number of times in the Asthma Spotlight podcast episodes, is that care for people with asthma should be provided by healthcare clinicians with adequate training in asthma. In that way, a person doing a routine review, a routine checkup, would have sufficient knowledge of asthma to be able to identify poor control as well as risk of future attacks and to alert someone immediately that action was needed. Similarly, the person doing a post-attack review would be able to both decide if the attack is over or if more treatment is needed. And secondly, 
they'd be able to discover any modifiable risk factors. These are risk factors that could be improved to reduce future attacks. And they'd be able to identify those that need attention to optimize care in order to prevent future attacks. So I've mentioned that asthma may not be taken seriously by many healthcare professionals and also people with asthma, and that can lead to attacks and asthma deaths. And secondly, I've also mentioned that we found in the National Review of Asthma Deaths in the UK that the care that was being provided was below a standard that many of us would expect for ourselves or for our families. And these are two of the factors that could be improved, which could reduce attacks and deaths. Now, the third potentially modifiable factor that I'd like to talk about today is about treatment that can both cause and prevent asthma attacks. In the first case, I'm referring to the use of excess short-acting reliever inhalers. And these are usually the blue ones. These are drugs which are called short-acting beta-agonist bronchodilator drugs. They work very quickly, and a lot of people have become used to using these as the main treatment for their asthma. Excess use of these drugs has been known to be linked to asthma deaths for many years. Usually, if your asthma is well controlled, you should need less than one short-acting reliever inhaler, that's one containing 200 doses, in a 12-month period. So if you have well-controlled asthma, you need less than four puffs of your reliever inhaler in a week, and that's about one of those, um, it's equivalent to about one of those 200-dose blue reliever inhalers that are prescribed. And the problem with regular use of these reliever drugs is they can actually cause asthma attacks, both by making the muscles around the air passages get twitchy or irritable. Secondly, because regular use of these drugs makes them less effective. So if you're using them regularly, they stop working after a while. Now these reliever drugs are excellent and should be used for emergency use because they relax the muscles around the air passages. However, if you use it regularly, it becomes less effective and can also put you at risk. Now another reason why regular use of the blue reliever inhalers is potentially dangerous is that many people come to depend on these drugs instead of taking an inhaled corticosteroid preventer inhaler, which is the drug that helps to prevent attacks. So if you have been prescribed an inhaled corticosteroid preventer inhaler, it's really important, firstly, that you collect your repeat prescriptions when they are due to be collected, in other words, when your previous inhaler runs out. And it's also vitally important that you take that medication as prescribed by your doctor because it will help you to prevent attacks, to keep you out of hospital, and to prevent asthma deaths. In the National Review of Asthma Deaths, over half of those people who died had been prescribed more than six relievers in their last year of life, and about four in ten of those who died had been prescribed more than 12 of those blue reliever inhalers. 
The other thing that we found in the National Review of Asthma Deaths was that more than half of those people who died from asthma had not collected sufficient inhaled corticosteroids that had been prescribed for them. So most of these deaths were potentially preventable and people didn't collect their medication that had been prescribed to save their lives. And so this is something that people with asthma need to take on board. And it comes back to the point about not taking asthma seriously enough. So before I summarize the key learning points from this episode, I want to emphasize one thing. The reason why I'm harping on about asthma deaths is not because they are common occurrences, but because in most cases, asthma attacks and asthma deaths are potentially preventable. And that's why I'm talking about these issues that are potentially modifiable factors which can be fixed either by yourself or by your healthcare professional to keep you safe. So in summary, in this episode, I've described another three potentially preventable factors in asthma deaths, adding to those that I discussed last week. And the key messages from this week's episode are Firstly, don't underestimate your asthma or your child's asthma. So the disease should be taken seriously, even if you've been told by your uh, own doctor or your child's doctor that your asthma is not severe. All asthma is potentially severe, and anybody with asthma can have a severe life-threatening attack. Asthma deaths are not common, however... Asthma attacks are very common, and sometimes these can lead to asthma deaths. So, as I said already, even if you are thought to have mild asthma, you can die from this disease. The second key message this week, and this is aimed at healthcare professionals really, is that anybody providing care for people with asthma should have adequate training and be competent in recognizing danger size and risk factors due to asthma so that appropriate action can be taken urgently to optimize care and keep people safe. And finally, people with asthma need to become less reliant on the blue reliever inhalers. Those are the short-acting bronchodilator reliever inhalers. While these drugs are essential for emergency treatment of asthma attacks, Regular use can have the opposite effect and can cause asthma attacks. And on the other hand, inhaled corticosteroid inhalers, the preventer or controller inhalers, work to reduce attacks and they reduce the chance that you may need emergency hospital treatment and they reduce the chance of you dying from asthma. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful, and I hope you did, please click the like and the follow buttons and share this podcast. Please do send me any feedback or questions to my email address, asthmaspotlight at gmail.com, and I'll do my best to answer these in future episodes.